0: get a coach and or mentor. You know, I, I probably think it's self-serving saying getting a coach, but I, it may be a little self-serving, but it's also, I'm speaking from experience because I have benefited tremendously through the years by having uh, tremendous coaches, um, but also have had some mentors. If you're, if you're not in a place where you can hire a coach, you know, look up people in your industry, look up people that are doing what you're doing. Look at people that have, uh, there are Successful at what you're trying to do, and just contact them. Hey
1: everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. You ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com. We're always here to help. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast. Uh, Kelly Henry, and uh, first of all, it's an easy name. I usually always slaughter Dave, so I'm glad to see I get a softball today with an easier name that I can pronounce. So thank you again for that, Kelly. Um, but as a quick introduction to Kelly, um, so he played baseball in high school until he uh, hurt his, or had his arm hurt. Um, went to a chiropractor to see if it would make it feel better and uh, in, and help to, to alleviate some of the the pain from the injury, but also kind of piqued his interest uh, in that career for a bit later on. Susie so went off to college, went and did that for a period. Period of time, I think uh, dropped out, worked in manual labor for a year, decided to then go to chiropractor school, and then afterwards moved to Phoenix, hung out as an own shingle, didn't know how hard it was to run a business or what or what I was all entailed eventually moved to New Mexico, bought a practice, found out about uh, client or customer service is really the key to a lot of the industry, did that for over 20 years, sold the practice. And now it's kind of moved into a bit of a coaching role to focus on customer services or service, I think primarily for um, chiropractors, but maybe broader with customer service and that. And I'll let you talk a little bit about that. But with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Kelly.
0: Hey, thanks, Devin. appreciate the opportunity.
1: Absolutely. So I just gave kind of the quick high level 30 second overview of a much longer journey, but take us back a little bit in time to high school and kind of how things all got started for you.
0: Well, like you mentioned, I, I played baseball like a lot of a lot of teenage boys do, and uh, I was a pitcher. Couldn't throw the ball more than just a, a few times. My arm just felt like it was about to fall off. So went the medical route. Just could not never get anything figured out. My mom had been a longtime chiropractic patient. Decided, hey, let's go check. You know, let's go to the chiropractor. It can't can't hurt anything. And uh, lo and behold, I had some issues in my neck with the nerves coming out of my neck going to my arm. Got that cleared up, and I said, hey, this is uh, this is kind of neat. Maybe uh, maybe I should look into this career. And uh, we also had a, a friend of the family that lived in a in a different community, but he was a chiropractor, and uh, we were around him no fairly frequently. But he had all the toys, the house on the lake, the boat, the snowmobiles, all the mm. all the fun stuff. And uh, I looked at him and said, "Hey, this guy's making some pretty decent cash. Maybe uh, maybe this chiropractic thing." You know, could be pretty financially uh, beneficial as well. So that was probably more my motivation than the uh, the fact that my arm was was healed initially. But uh, uh, that that ultimately is what started my journey into the uh, chiropractic world.
1: So now, so you, you kind of have that initial experience in high school and you say, you know, first you, you go to a chiropractor, it feels better. You also see that they have a good career lifestyle and they can have, you know, some of the nicer things in life and be able to afford a good lifestyle and that. So you said, okay, all of that is you know, kind of works to in, in interest you or pique your interest or a bit. Now you went to college, I think you said for about a year or so, and then you dropped out. So how did that go as far as your experience with college and then deciding to not to pursue it, at least from that angle for a period of time?
0: Yeah, I went to college. And uh, again, like uh, a lot of males uh, that go to college and get away from home, uh, they don't make the best decisions. And uh, it's not that I failed out, but uh, I did pretty poorly. And uh, I I just decided, you know, I don't know if this college thing is for me. And so I I ended up dropping out and uh, broke my mom's heart, got a job doing manual labor and did that for about nine months. And this is in Colorado. So I was digging ditches and mowing lawns. And then when uh, the weather came in, I was shoveling snow and raking leaves and just stuff like that. And I quickly realized that I didn't want to do that the rest of my life. And uh, so I decided to uh, jump back into college. Um, as I did that, though, my dad sat me down and said, hey, listen, uh, you know, I was paying for that first year uh, completely. I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, you're going to have some blood in the game in this. And so he said, I'll pay for books, you pay for tuition. And so that also... Uh, got me real focused. Hey, uh, this is my money and uh, maybe I should pay more attention and start getting some better grades. And from that point on, I, I really did. So, uh, finished up my college career, my undergrad career. And then, uh, moved into uh graduate school or chiropractic school and got my doctorate uh, later oh, on so one
1: question just to dive into that so when i get manual labor i mean and i was talking with somebody else that they were you know different completely different journey but they were talking about how they wanted to be an artist and i think they went to nyu or one of the or good art schools like i think i could be slaughtering which school it was i can't remember they're talking about oh i always thought i'd be or saw myself as kind of being the starving artist and i would just serve mm-hmm. tables for kind of the rest of my life and then they're like then i graduated and started serving tables like serving tables is hard it's a lot of lifting and work and working for tips and everything else like and i decided i didn't want to do that anymore so i went did something else and so it's kind of the same thing well i went to manual labor and i said well that's not quite what i did vision let's go back and do something else but as you go back into college was it with the idea now i am going to be a chiropractor and that's kind of what you set your sights on or kind of how did you after you did manual labor and decided to go back to school how did you decide where you wanted to go
0: well actually i didn't go back in that second go-around with uh, the focus on being a chiropractor. I I was kind of undecided, maybe, you know, do something in the business realm. I wasn't really sure. So I was just taking general studies. Um, And then finally, I just decided after looking at career paths and whatnot, that you know what, I do want to be a chiropractor. Uh, That really intrigues me. Um, That's what I want to focus on. So it took me about another, oh, probably another year before I finally decided to, you know what, let's, uh, let's narrow down and, and uh, get serious about being a chiropractor.
1: So, so now you narrow it down and you go through school, you know, you get the degree or you have to get the undergraduate and then you go off and even do more schooling and you finally make your way out through schooling. You probably have some student loans or debt or otherwise accumulated and you come out and I think you said you initially went to Phoenix after you graduated. Is that right?
0: I did. So, uh, was married, had our our first child at that point, once I graduated chiropractic school. uh, I'm from Colorado, my wife's from uh, New Mexico, but we wanted to live in Phoenix. So we packed everything up, packed the family up, headed to Phoenix, didn't know a soul, didn't have any family there, didn't have any acquaintances, friends, anything. Uh, Just a a dream and an idea that, hey, that's where we want to live and we want to make millions there. So get out to Phoenix and uh, found an office to work in. I was a it was a clinic that had several chiropractors, but we all had our own businesses. So it was nice in the sense that I could uh, learn from the other chiropractors and it kept overhead low, but I still had to build my own business and, and bring in my own patients. And I, uh, I failed pretty miserably at that. Um, I went in very naive. I like to say I didn't know enough to know what I didn't know about starting a business, about attracting patients and doing those type of things. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was tough. We were there for not quite a year, but it was a difficult time in the sense of not making money, not uh, creating wealth, not uh, getting patients in, but it was invaluable in the experience that I gained from some of the mentors, some of the chiropractors that I worked with to really get, they really gave me a foundation to move forward and to be much more successful once I, I moved on from Phoenix.
1: So, so now you, you did that for a period of time in, in phoenix and you know and that's a i think with a lot of businesses you get into it and you say, oh it's not that hard or, i've seen other people do it or i'll figure it out and there's a lot that goes into business that you don't think about everything from marketing and sales and payroll and, and hiring and firing and doing you know customer service doing the actual work and making following up and scheduling and all those things and until you get into it you know you don't realize that everything that oftentimes goes into it so i think that you know that realization is one that often hits people. People and then you either you fail and you bounce back or you have to figure it out or you pivot, and navigate. So you did that for a period of time. And then you said, OK, I learned a lot, had some great mentors. Now, what made you decide to get out and try and go or go buy a practice in New Mexico as opposed to continuing to try and uh, to make the current current one work?
0: Um, we were just in a, you know, kind of a low spot there in, in Phoenix. Um, just, you know, just struggling to get by, you know, we, we laugh about it now, but literally we were scraping, you know, a few dollars together on Sunday after church just to go to Taco Bell and order off their dollar okay. menu at the times it was that bad. So, um, the, there was a chiropractor that I'd met, uh, and, and actually it followed for a day, uh, as we were transitioning and moving to Phoenix and in, in the New Mexico area. And he just called me out of the blue and said, Hey, I'm retiring. Would you like to buy me out and and move back to, to, or move to New Mexico? Um, And at that point, our lives were like, yeah, you know, that, that sounds great. That area is where my wife's family was from, where my wife grew up. There's friends and family in that area. So it looked very attractive. Um, But, you know, I suffering through what I did in Phoenix and, but learning from that and really getting a foundation from those chiropractic mentors that I had in Phoenix really gave me the ability to, to move forward and be able to have the confidence in buying that practice and be able to sustain and, and build it up.
1: Hmm. Now, one question, cause I, I, I haven't, I've done, I've come into businesses later on, but I haven't just kind of bought a practice, picked it up and taken it over. You know, as you did that, was it a different feel to it was it you know kind of more already established and so you already had some of the systems in place and was improving on it did that make it easier kind of what was a bit of that hey we're going to go do a new start and pick up somebody else's practice how did that go um
0: i i basically just made the decision to just leave things as is it was an established practice the 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 chiropractor had been in in business for 30 plus years. Uh, so he was well known in the compute community. He did things a certain way. And so I decided, you know, why, you know, why change it? Why, uh, why try to change something that's not broken? Um, come to find out that was a mistake, I, I should have, I uh, should have changed things and done things a little differently. And ultimately, I did several years down the road, that uh, created a way better business for me. Um, but again, I didn't know enough to not to, to know that to, to do that initially. And so I just left things as is. Um, and it ultimately handicapped me from growing that business, because the systems and systems in place weren't there, or they weren't effective enough for me to grow and, and build that practice up. I did have income. I did have patience. You know, I had a, a decent lifestyle, but also had goals and dreams that I wanted to achieve. And the way I was running things didn't allow me to move forward and, and grow that practice to the extent I really wanted to and uh, wanted to uh, grow to the extent I wanted to and, and knew in my mind that I, I could.
1: No, and that definitely makes sense. And that's kind of interesting in the sense that, hey, you know, to some degree, why, why, you know, don't, if it's not broke, don't fix it, so to speak. But at the same time, if you get complaints and say, Oh, this is how it's been done and just kind of continue along the business isn't going to change or evolve or become better. And so, you know, that one, it definitely makes sense. Now, along that, as you're saying, okay, for a period of time, we're just going to let it kind of continue to go along as it's already been doing for a period of time. And that resonates. When did you kind of make that shift or transition? Because I think you started focusing more on customer service and how to make it a better client experience and go through that kind of what triggered that and kind of how did you make that realization or start down that road?
0: Well, I did. And that customer service aspect, I, I jumped into that early on when I when we moved to the community in, in New Mexico. Um, the community was a small community, uh, a lot of established businesses, not a lot of competition. And so these businesses, you know, really didn't have to treat you all that well and you still had to work with them. And I that just bugged me. So I just made a decision. You know what? My office, my clinics are gonna be different. You know, and I didn't do it from the standpoint of this is going to help me grow them. It's just I did it from the standpoint of we're we're going to be different than these other businesses and treat our patients better. So I I use that early on, but I just didn't have the proper systems in place um, to to grow, like I mentioned earlier. So, you know, I was just struggling along and I, you know, I'm trying to achieve these goals and nothing's happening and I'm I'm throwing stuff at the wall, trying to get things to grow and change and just couldn't ever. Just couldn't ever get anything started, and and this went on for about four years, and uh, finally one of my buddy chiropractic buddies that uh, uh, we'd gone through school and graduated together, his practice was taken off, and so I was like, well, you know, what are you doing? He says, well, I hired a, a consulting firm and, and have a coach now, um, and and they're awesome. You should really try them out. So I contacted them and and got a hold of them and uh, liked what they, what they had to offer. And so hooked in with them and they immediately helped me started, uh, help me start to develop or not develop, use their system because it was proven and they had a great track record, put the system in place, do it this way, trust the process and see what happens. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, that's what, uh, that's what I needed and practice took off, took off and I never looked back.
1: So you did that. And now I, was it just a one-time iteration, let's figure it out and how to make a better customer service? Or was it kind of, if you're like me and I'm reading really into it a bit, you're always looking, you know, once you do it, it's not an ongoing, hey, we figured out what the our customer journey is and now we're done, but it's always looking for ways to improve that, make them, you know, use whether it's technology or just, you know, how you do things and how you approach things and always kind of look to improve that or make it better. Was that kind of the case for you or kind of as you're figuring out that 20 years or so of practice, um, how did that, how did things evolve for you?
0: Yeah. Well, like you said, it, it it did evolve and it was always, always looking at how can we improve? How can we be better? How can we, we serve the the patients better? One of my, and, and actually I learned this philosophy from that, that first uh, consulting firm I hired was you're either green and growing or ripe and rotting. So I didn't want to be ripe and rotting. I needed to be green and growing and continue to, to improve. Um, never ending and continuous improvement. Uh, and so I, you know, I really tried to place that, you know, into every piece of the business, not just customer service, but that was a huge piece. And, it, you know, it was making a better experience for the cu- the patient or the customer for, for those listening, but it was also making it a better place for my employees. You know, mm-hmm. it was you know, how can we we be better in the community as a whole? You know, how can we take technology and work things better? How can we, you know, we're changing some of this how we do things in the office? How can we how can we always keep focus on the patient and make this better for them? So there was, you know, different challenges. And then when I expanded and moved into a new or another clinic or started another clinic and hired associate doctors. Again, there was always new pieces that we had to work through and evolve through, but always keeping that core concept of, you know, the patients first, let's focus on them and, and make sure we're valuing them and making them feel important each and every time we're interacting with them.
1: No, and I think that, you know, and what's interesting is in customer service, because another industry that is horrible for customer service is a legal industry. I mean, there's <laughs> just, there is very little thought. I mean, most of the time we take, in, give you an example, industry average, Once you reach out to an attorney, no matter what it is, text, email, your potential client, your current client, anything, industry averages three to five days before they even respond back to you. Meaning if you leave a message, you give them a call, you shoot them an email, a text, whatever, you could do it on Monday and you may not hear back till Friday or Monday of the following week, which is horrible. And so it's interesting. And yet it's how people kind of, as you said, the industry gets stagnant. It's what they're always used to. And it leads for a lot of opportunity, but it's, it's The other thing that's interesting is, you don't know what good cut you don't it's it's hard to make good customer service in the sense people know when they have bad customer they usually if you have good customer experience they don't really think about i mean it's a good experience and they like it and they're coming back but they don't really think oh that was great customer service but if you have bad customer service boy, do they remember and it it really sticks out so it's interesting just to make a good customer service it's a lot of times it's taken for granted or people don't think about it until they get the opposite so now, as you kind of go along your journey and you continue to iterate, figure that out, make it better, do it in different locations and everything else, and you grow the practice, then you come towards, I think it was the end of the 20 years. What made you decide to transition, kind of sell the practice, get out, and kind of go more to the coaching, mentoring route? What was kind of the motivation there? How did that, how, what uh, made that arise?
0: You bet. Before I answer that, I want to touch on a point you just made as, as far as the bad customer service. And and. You know, a lot of that goes on, you know, as humans, we tend to focus on the negative. And so that's why it's so important, you know, and me working with my clients or just customer service in general for the listeners to keep in mind, the the customer's not going to remember the hundred great experiences they have. They're going to remember that one bad. And -hmm. when you have that bad, they lose confidence and it creates a wandering eye. So you have to be so careful. You have to be so consistent that each and every interaction is, is, is good. Uh, is above average and really keep them focused on that great customer service. So I appreciate you bringing that point. It, no, it all men, bad.
1: all men, one statement, the one time that they will remember good customer service is if they had a bad customer service from the previous per- people they work with and they come to you and they're like, man, you guys do great. This is so much better. Then they'll sometimes remember most of the time they'll take it for granted. And that was just kind of one addendum to what I said. So, so now going to the question of kind of transitioning to or, or selling a practice kind of what made you decide to make that decision? Kind of how did you do it? And how is that transition?
0: Absolutely. As I mentioned, I bought out a chiropractor there in New Mexico. Well, about uh, six, seven years later, I bought out another retiring chiropractor in that same community. Uh, Both these chiropractors had been in business for 30 plus years. And unfortunately for them, um, they'd basically gone past their prime. They didn't have much left as far as patient volume, Um, you know, equipment, everything they had was old and, and uh, really not much value. So it was good for me buying them out because I was really buying them out on pennies of the dollar. But, you know, then going into their retirement years, you know, they were not, uh, you know, they were really not benefiting from all this years of service that they had provided the community. So I made a mental note that, I wasn't going to be like that. If, if I got the desire to go ahead and retire and move out of practice, I was going to do it at my pinnacle or at, at, at a high spot, as opposed to letting things die down to the end of my career and then just basically giving things away. So in 2017, it really felt like, you know, Hey, it's, it's time to, to move on. It's time to transition. You, you've done phenomenal. You've got a, a great product to sell. So it's time to time to move. Um, I've had coaches for years. Like I just mentioned, the first time I hired a coach for my business. I've had several business coaches. I've had personal coaches. I've had coaches for different aspects of my life. And and obviously I've seen the impact on that. And then the customer service realm of my chiropractic clinics, again, I've seen how impactful that is and how that just incredibly, uh, incredibly benefited my business and helped it grow to extraordinary heights. So when I retired, I knew I wanted to coach because how impactful that can be. And then I knew the customer service side of things, how impactful that can be on a business. So that's why I meshed the two together and, and have moved forward with helping not just chiropractors, really any service-based business, really any s- small business. The principles I teach and coach and, and uh, work with businesses on um, help, help any small business, for the most part, uh, move forward to grow and, and expand their business and, and help them profit much, much more than they would
1: otherwise no and that definitely makes sense and so now you've transitioned and you know kind of moving to that coaching mentoring building a business around that has that been easier harder different than building the chiropractor business was it you know finding teaching people how to have good customer service, doing all that was it been more of a passion project or was it hey this is even better than chiropractic or kind of how has that all gone um
0: I, I love being a chiropractor and and working with patients. So I do miss that aspect of just that constant interaction. So, um, so I I miss that, Um, you know, not having somebody to, to, you know, be in front of just, you know, every few minutes type of thing. But um, I love what I'm doing now too, and just see the impact it's making in these, uh, in my clients' businesses. Um, It's so important. It's so valuable. You know, I've had multiple doctors, I've had a lot of employees, and, and particularly associate doctors I worked with. I was uh, considered myself mentoring and coaching them because several of them left and then started their own practices and, and did some things uh, along those lines. So, you know, I always felt like a coach in that aspect. So this transition into coaching and working with clients, wasn't a big leap because I always felt like, you know, for several years at the end of my practice, I was, I was coaching and, and helping chiropractors anyways. Now I'm just moving into chiropractors and other business owners and helping them and, and coaching them in that regard. So it, it's, it's, The biggest transition is just not being in front of people and moving around all day. It's being stuck in front of a computer or on the phone um, more often than not.
1: Mm, No, definitely makes sense. So, well, that kind of uh, brings us up to to where you're at today. So now, now with that, we'll kind of transition a bit to, I always ask two questions at the end of the podcast. So we'll jump to those now. So the first question I always ask is along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it?
0: Well, we always, you know, we just discussed me, you know, the utter fail failure in Phoenix. So that that's that's one of the biggest. Uh, but let me touch on another one. The other one was hiring a, a wrong associate doctor. Um, I went against my gut. I went against um, my normal procedure for hiring. I went outside that and didn't. Uh, I saw the red flags and ignored that. And I went outside what my spouse. <laughs> uh what she said um, and so I have no one to blame but myself on that situation um, and that that was that came back to uh, bite me uh, pretty hard to the point of you know w- we had some legal rag- wrangling uh, at the end of at the end of things unfortunately um, but you know I, I live by the philosophy of you know live and learn so just take that as a, a lesson learned. Um, and move forward more intelligently. I can use that experience to help my clients make better decisions as well. But that's one that uh, I've I've kicked myself uh, several times for because I I went against uh, what I knew what was right and and still made the wrong decision.
1: No, and I think that uh, definitely makes sense. You know, hiring is always interesting when you get into hiring, you get, you learn more as you do more hiring in the sense that, it always looks easier when you're not doing the hiring. Oh, I I can read people. I know what they're going to do. And, if and then I always, even beyond that, you know, reading people and thinking you'd be a good hire, you know, at least for me, and I'm speaking out of my area, you know, my experiences, I always thought... Hey, everybody's going to work as hard as I am. And everybody's going to have the same work ethic. They're going to get in. They're going to want to build it. They want to get it done and everything else. And then you get in there and some people are that way and some people are not. And so kind of all of that is always hiring is always hard to do it. And it can be one where it can be a great asset of the company or it can be a great anchor that you're having to fix and learn from. So I definitely get that one on that mistake and learning from it. Absolutely. Second question I always ask, which is, um, if you're now talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them?
0: Get a coach and or mentor. You know, I, I probably think it's self-serving saying getting a coach, but I, it may be a little self-serving, but it's also, I'm speaking from experience because I have benefited tremendously through the years by having uh, tremendous coaches, um, but also have had some mentors. If you're, if you're not in a place where you can hire a coach, you know, look up people in your industry, look up people that are doing what you're doing. Look at people that have, uh, there are successful at what you're trying to do and just contact them. Say, Hey, I'm trying to do this too. I I see your success. I admire your success. Can you take 15 minutes and just let me pick your brain and and just ask a few questions um, just to, just to get a little more information on how I can better uh, move forward and be more successful. And More more times than not, that person's going to say, "You bet." You know, they're going to be honored that you're even contacting them and admire them for their success. And they're going to they're going to talk talk to you and and move forward. But having that mentorship, having those coaches, they see things differently. They see things outside of uh, the emotions, outside of being in the middle of it. They see things from experience standpoint. Um, What I tell my clients is, you know, I'm 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 going to help you save a lot of money, save a lot of frustration and save a lot of time in moving forward with your success. So that's generally what you get with a coach or having a great mentor helping you move forward.
1: No, and I, I I definitely agree. And what, you know, whether it's a coach, a mentor, someone that you look up to, someone that has experience, you know, taking the time to really learn what they've done, how they've done it, what, you know, learn from their experience, learn from the things that you can do better. And sometimes, you know, learn from what they wish they'd done better, what they, what they could have done better, and the things that they always look back and say, I wish I'd done this, or what if this and that type of thing, I think are all very positive things that can help you to grow your business, make it more successful, and also um, avoid some of the pitfalls. So. Well, as people now, as we wrap up the podcast, if people want to find out more, they want to reach out because they want to be a a client or a customer of your coaching service. They want to be an investor. They want to be an employee. They want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above. What's the best way to reach out or find out more?
0: Best way, easiest way is just go to my website, drkellyhenry.com, drkellyhenry.com. That's where you can find out about me, my services, uh, my book, all the, all the vital information about me. My book is Define and Deliver Customer Service, uh, Define and Deliver Exceptional Customer Service, excuse me there. Uh, you can find that also on Amazon. Um, I call it a success manual that, uh, of customer service. It's not full of fluff. It's just straightforward ideas, actions, and principles that a business can take implement and start uh, improving upon their business, creating growth and profits. And that's, that's what it, it's all about. So again, drkellyhenry.com. Also on that webpage is a free download. My five top actions any business can implement in their business to immediately improve their level of customer service, and improve, improve the perception of their customer service. So again, you can find that on my website as well, drkellyhenry.com.
1: Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage everybody to check out your book, check out the website, um, learn how to do better customer services. I think that on, across basically every industry, it's something that's always needed. If you can do it well, more often than not, it sets you above the competition because most of the time people don't put the focus or, or to uh, craft as well as they should have. So thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, just go to InventiveGuest.com. Apply to be on the podcast. We're always uh, happy to share your stories. A couple more things as listeners. One, make sure to click subscribe in your podcast player so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out. And two, leave us a review so new people can find out about the podcast as well. Last but not least, if you ever need help with your patents, trademarks, or anything else with your business, just go to strategymeeting.com. Grab some time with us and chat. Thank you again, Kelly. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last.